exploring interesting topics that impact our lives and fascinating ideas that get us thinking. I'm Kyle. And I'm Kelly. And this is Things to Think On. Welcome to our first episode of Things to Think On. I am Kyle. And I'm Kelly. And we wanted to kick things off by telling you a little bit about our backgrounds, who we are, what this podcast is about, and where we're going to be going over the next little while with some of the episodes. So to kick things off, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. So I am Kyle. We are a married team and have been so for a number of years. Don't put me on the spot mm-hmm. to do the math. I was just about to. <laughs> uh, coming up on, oh no, 12 years? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. At least we're both only semi-sure of what the, the number is. It gets hard to keep track. This isn't a math podcast, obviously. No, and it never will be. <laughs> So a little bit about myself. So I am originally from Utah, grew up in just north of Salt Lake City, for those who are kind of familiar with the area, relatively small suburban area called uh, Centerville, lived outside of there for a few periods of time, but that's mostly where I am from, studied at Brigham Young University, and then studied finance there specifically. Uh, which we'll probably talk a little bit about and, and what I may have preferred to study. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's a little bit about my background. Relatively uninteresting, I guess. I don't think so at all. It's fascinating being from Davis County. <laughs> Shout out to everyone from Davis County. Yeah, uh, we live in Davis County now, so obviously we like it. Such a great place. Anybody who lives in Davis County knows how great it is. And anybody who doesn't is probably aspiring to get to Davis County in some way. Great place. Great place. Utah, especially with the remote work shift that we're seeing. I imagine that, I don't know if Davis County is going to be a hot spot, but it has been a hot spot given how close it is to some places to work in Utah, but great place to live in Utah. So anyway, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Because it is far more interesting, I think. (laughs) Well, I don't know about that. Maybe I would just be a little bit more free with details. Uh, (laughs) I, I grew up in Texas and Texas is huge, so that doesn't tell you very much. So I'll get a little bit more specific. Um, I can't really, if I tell you the town, you'll have no idea where I'm talking about because it's just a little rural area. Um, So usually when you're from a rural area in a big state like Texas, you tend to tell people a region that you're from. So my region was Southeast Texas. The culture there is really unique and special and it has certainly influenced my life. I come from a long line of Southeast Texans and Cajuns and just people who immigrated across the southern portion of the United States. And it's been really interesting actually to look at my family history and learn a little bit more about that and how it's played into where I am today. I did grow up in Southeast Texas and that has a pretty strong impact on my life and and who I am. Um, I had a a interesting family, very fun family, quirky family sometimes, 
but all of that is good. I think it has helped me be shaped to who I am. Um, when I grew up, I decided that I wanted to go to BYU. So I moved to Utah, which was quite a dramatic shift from being from Texas. As you can imagine, when I say rural area, it is very rural. So even moving from there where, you know, there's just a four-way stop and a gas station, and that's what you're used to seeing every day, to moving to here where there are, you know, lots of suburban areas, but you have to drive quite a ways out to get to more rural areas. Um, it was quite a dramatic shift in terms of you know, what I was used to on the day-to-day. -day. So I studied anthropology at BYU uh, with an emphasis in archaeology. I don't know if you guys are very familiar with anthropology, what that means. I'll just give you kind of a, gener a general definition, and that is it's the study of people and culture. And with an emphasis in archaeology, that would obviously mean that I was studying past peoples and cultures. So uh, that's something that I've always been really interested in. I still am really interested in. I don't do it professionally anymore, but I still like to uh, do some reading about it and try to stay up to date on what's going on in terms of what's being discovered in that field and what it means for us now. So that's always something that I do more as a hobby now, not professionally. It certainly impacts my day-to-day -day life in terms of how I view um, society, having had that uh, dabbling in education in terms of studying how people relate to society through their culture. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we've got to unpack a little bit of this. First off, you're from Texas, but you don't have a strong Texas accent. Why is that? That's a good question. I honestly don't really know why that is. When I was growing up, I had people even notice it then that my accent wasn't as strong as everyone else's. I'm sure I had one. Um, it just wasn't as intense. I think I'm kind of one of those people that just has more of a general way of speaking. But when I am around my family, it does come back a little bit. I think you've noticed it from time to time. Definitely comes back a little bit. But despite not having an accent, you are a red-headed, red-blooded Texan through and through. I'll, I'll always be a Texan. I can live in Davis County for the rest of my <laughs> life. But if somebody asks me who or what I am, I will tell them that I am a Texan. I think that anyone who's from Texas will 100% agree with me. It's just there's a certain loyalty and love that you have for that great state that will never go away. There's no denying it, I suppose. So there's a reason why Texas is the best, right? So yes. we're probably going to have to just have an entire episode on Texas, I imagine, at some point, that which is going to be, awesome. be, yeah, which is probably going to be the joy of this specific podcast is the breadth of things that we're going to cover. So we'll make note of Texas. I don't think we've put that down on our list yet, but I'm surprised we haven't actually. We have a long list of things and Texas hasn't made it on there, which is surprising. It's true. Yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting things to talk about in terms of Texas. And and I mean, there's just a ton to do to see that the culture is just fascinating and, and varies dramatically depending on where you are in the state. So, yeah, definitely need to dive into that. Yeah. One of the most um, and this probably just speaks to my ignorance more than anything was when we started dating. I had this image of Texas in my mind of kind of open plains and drier area, which is part of Texas anyway. Mm -hmm. But the area that you're from is not like that at all. 
No, you have to think much more deep south in terms of landscape and what it looks like. It's a lot more piney woods and well, that's pretty much all you see is piney woods for miles and, and then some rolling hills and lots and lots of greenery and lots of rain and lots of alligators and snakes and that sort of thing. So many pines and so many gators and snakes. <laughs> as in literally you get lost in the woods down there. As in like the roads are just cut through deep forests and you cannot tell which direction you're going, which is difficult for somebody who's kind of accustomed to living in the mountains where you look to one side and you see the mountains and you know which direction you're heading. It gets a little bit unnerving to not have any idea where you are or which, which direction you're heading because you are just deep in the forest. Yeah, it's definitely something that I took for granted before uh, having grown up in that region that I'm more comfortable with being surrounded by trees and not actually being able to see you know, what direction I'm going here. You can see for miles. That's true. Okay. So fast forward to another interesting thing we need to unpack because this has always for a long time made us, well, made you interesting at parties and, and made me relatively boring. The anthropology slash archeology span uh, versus finance. You said you don't do that anymore professionally unpack that a little bit for us because you've done some some really cool stuff with that um yeah i I did have a lot of opportunities to do some really neat things the main the main thing that i got to do was uh i did my field work while i was at uh, byu i went to jordan and got to live there for a while and while i was there we got to do lots of excavations in petra some of the excavations that we did were we excavated royal a royal tomb we also excavated some places that were significant in terms of the religion at the time um, just some really neat things that we got to uncover and work on there and i got to spend a lot of time analyzing you know what we found and it was a really, really fun and fascinating time to get to have that opportunity. Like this is just straight up Indiana Jones. <laughs> like yeah. you, you watch Indiana Jones and when he goes into uh, the treasury, the, the treasury <laughs> in Petra, like that's literally what you were doing. It's true. Yeah. I got to work. Um, I wasn't working in the treasury specifically, though I did get to explore it while I was there. Um, We were working in some outlying areas that had not been excavated yet. But yes, that's exactly the area I was in. So several of those places are pretty famous. The treasury is obviously the most famous. and And the monastery is another area that's been featured in films quite a few times. Pretty incredible scenery and a really incredible experience. We actually lived with Bedouins while we were there um, in a Bedouin's home. So we got some interesting cultural experiences while we were there and and it was something that I wouldn't trade. Which brings me to another thing uh, we had talked about before. If we didn't study what we did in college, what might we have pursued instead? Is there a field that you would have been interested in other than finance? So it's an interesting question and I, I kind of go over this a lot. So I guess fast forwarding, to where we are now. It's one of those things that obviously, I don't know that I necessarily ever would go back in time and change things because we look at where we are and kind of philosophically speaking, like, you know, we get to a certain point and a lot of the decisions that we make kind of bring us to that point. And that's kind of 
where I'm at. So I don't know that I necessarily go back and, and change things. And especially given the fact that studying certain things, you know, the the shelf life of a bachelor's degree, I don't I don't even know how long that necessarily is. Uh, and I don't know that anybody at this point in my career would even look at that and think that it's particularly relevant to what I do anymore, which is product management for anybody who's interested, um, developing digital products, totally different subject. I guess going back to the specific question, uh, you know, I, I really find myself, if I was to kind of either go back or kind of pursue a specific interest, I'm kind of of two minds. Um, on one hand, I've always kind of looked at it as, would I want to go into something just far more technical. I feel like I kind of straddled, you know, kind of on the soft side and the very technical side and didn't really kind of lean into either of those necessarily. Um, and so would I kind of go into something far more technical, uh, like computer science or engineering or mathematics, something like that? Or on the other hand, would I go in and study something, I guess, far less technical, we could say? Um, something like history or philosophy. More liberal arts. Liberal arts, yes. <laughs> uh, so at this point, I would probably lean, ironically, probably something far less technical. And just as my interests have tended far more into history and philosophy and those types of things, as I've gotten further into my career and further down the path of things that I find enjoyable. So both history and philosophy are kind of my, uh, I guess, the things that I find both the most enjoyable and pertinent to a lot of things that, that I do and also would like to do in the future. So that's probably not necessarily the path that I would have taken, but probably kind of the path forward, or at least part of the path forward. Mm -hmm. So turn that question around to you. Though, you know, it would certainly take away from the cachet that you've had at, <laughs> at parties and... Would it, though? I mean, I think <laughs> the interesting people are always interesting. That's true. I guess the, the initial cachet <laughs> of archaeology, because it just kind of catches everybody at, everybody's attention. But. Yeah, it's something that is perhaps a little bit unique. I think that we kind of did something that is flipped. I did study something that's a little bit more out there and more... Uh, liberal arts type because I too have a fascination with history and, and also the way people think and the way they work and everything. So I did that. I studied anthropology. I studied archaeology. Um, and I still do that, you know, in my downtime and on my own time. And then professionally, I have made my own business where I am a digital artist and I work with people. I have an Etsy shop and I'm regularly working with people to create custom um, and unique art for, for their homes. And, and some other things too. I, I'm starting to get into some other products and opening that up a little bit more so that it's not just art, but art on different applications. So with that in mind, I have also thought, you know, would it have behooved me to study something different? Maybe something like graphic design or just a general art type pursuit and education. I wouldn't go back and change it for anything. I love the experience that I had, though I do have a pretty strong interest in art in general, but I, I would like to learn more about um, what 
is possible with graphic design, with digital art, and also with animation. I'm super interested in that. And I plan on getting into that more. I did some of it when I was younger. Um, it's been a long time though. And just recently, my mind keeps coming back to wanting to try that again. But for right now, I'm really enjoying working on that digital art and creating new and fun things for people. And I really love to get their feedback that they're super happy with it. Um, I wouldn't go back and change things. I like the way it's evolved. I do think it's interesting that you and I kind of had a flipped <laughs> approach to it. You have changed your path as you progress, and I've changed my path as I progress. So, but we just started off at different points. You were much more, what's the word? Logical, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> prudent and what you chose to study. I was a little bit more liberal, I suppose. It is fascinating. It's fascinating to think about. So you touched on a really interesting thing that let's dive into that next. So some of the things that you've got going on and that we've got going on outside of, I guess, like normal day to day. So tell us a little bit about the business that you mentioned doing graphic design. So it's something that has been entirely self-made. I did not study art or digital art or any of that sort of thing. I did work with that. We worked in the computer labs together when we were in college. We did a fair amount of training on that sort of thing so that we could teach others how to use those products like Adobe products and so on. Um, so I guess I kind of had a comfort level already established with those products, but I don't know. When we had our kids, I my mind turned to it and I was just really interested in this digital art. I was looking at what other people were doing and thinking I could do that myself. You know, I was looking at what I might buy for our son's nursery and deciding, why don't I just do it myself? And so that's <laughs> kind of how I approached it. And so I, I you know subscribed to Linda and sat myself down for hours and hours of Adobe training. And uh, then I got to work. And one of the main things that has helped me learn as I've gone along is just being willing to accept custom requests, as frightening as that is when someone comes to you and says, I want you to make me something. I don't know what it is, but I want you to do it. And you tell me and show it to me. And then I'll, I'll buy that from you. You know, it's terrifying. Uh, you hope that you get it right on small amount of details, but it really helps you to learn as an artist and um, learn in your technical abilities as well and to stretch yourself into areas that you might not otherwise do if someone wasn't asking you for it. So yeah, that that's what I do. I do it on Etsy right now. That might change uh, to be other areas as well, not just Etsy, but I do enjoy selling on Etsy. It's a good platform, um, and I have a couple of shops that are in that digital art area, but different products. And one, I'm offering prints that I do myself. A lot of research has gone into the right way to do that. Um, I have a professional printer that um, I did a lot of research in terms of what the right paper and everything would be. I'm telling you, I made myself an expert mm -hmm. on that because I wanted to make sure I was delivering something that was awesome. And I do. I'm really proud of what I put out there. Um, these are super high quality prints that people can frame and put on their walls and they'll last for a really long time and uh, be unique. No one else will have anything like it. So that's a little bit about what I do in terms of work. You touched a little bit on what you do. You said that you work in product management, but you didn't get into details and it's a good opportunity to plug your other podcast. So why not take it? 
Okay, I guess I'll, we'll step back. So first off, we'll put in the show notes as well some links to the Etsy shops that you just mentioned, uh, which are, like Kelly said, just absolutely incredible. And we'll be diving into some of those, the research behind it, and the absolute amount of amazing detail that has gone into some of the things uh, that go up on those listings. Like it's absolutely incredible to me. Some of the, both the amount of detail that goes into the design and the eye for detail that you've been able to gain just as an artist. It, it's it's absolutely fascinating. So more to come on that. We'll put some of that in the show notes for anybody who wants to kind of take a look at it. So yes, I've got another podcast. It's called Product by Design. If anybody's interested in learning more about product management, we probably won't dive too much into product stuff here in this one. Just where it's appropriate. Yeah, I guess only where appropriate. Outside of product, however, I similarly also do woodworking. So did we start our shops about the same time? Our Etsy shops? Or was it... I, I don't remember exactly. I think it was around the same time. I can't even remember who started one first. I think you may have done it a few weeks before me. Yeah, I think you I think you might be right. Anyway, I guess we'll have to go back and check the dates on that. <laughs> uh, I do woodworking. I can also drop that in the show notes. Primarily as well on Etsy. So building, not so much building things. So I do do that on the side, uh, mostly just for us, but primarily wood turning. So... Things like shaving kits and rolling pins, those are kind of the big things for me. And then some other small things as well and branching out into other awesome wood turning and handcrafted items as I have time, which unfortunately is a it's a hot commodity right now. So not too much of that, but um, yeah. And then again, we have... I guess we we're kind of gluttons for punishment, I guess, a little bit where we have multiple shops that we're kind of running in parallel across multiple different fronts, just because I guess we kind of have that one mentality of like, hey, that's cool. We should do that ourselves. And two, just kind of a, a wide variety of interests, which is, I think, largely kind of segues into the next topic. Uh, that we wanted to talk about the podcast. I think that you could give us a little bit more detail about how you got into woodworking. I think that your dad really inspired you on that. Be ashamed to leave that out. He's an excellent woodworker as well. And you're pretty self-taught as well, aren't you? That's true. Yeah. So a little bit of background on how I got into woodworking was mostly through my dad, who has been woodworking for most of my life. So he's, he's kind of one of those people who I guess has a lot of the same attitude of like, I can do that. Let's, let's go ahead and build that or make that. And so whether it's woodworking or metal welding, anything like that. So that's kind of, I guess, the home that we grew up in, in a lot of ways, uh, because our, both of my parents grew up in that way, you know, kind of in that era, I guess a little bit largely grew up on farms where if a piece of machinery broke, like you had to fix it. Like there wasn't there weren't a lot of other options. And so it became very handy just in doing that sort of stuff. And so that was kind of where I gained a lot of my inspiration and desire to do woodworking for myself. And so basically saw, you know, some really cool things that other people were doing and really started with wanting like a nice 
hand-turned shaving set. And I saw some of those and was like, wow, that, that's really cool. I would love to have something like that. And then, of course, that just like escalated into, wow, that's really cool. I want to make something like that. And of course, anybody who knows anything about wood turning, like the amount of things that you have to initially get in order to get into that kind of hobby is just, it's immense, like the number of tools and all of that sort of stuff. So we began to acquire and build up the tools for that, which took over some of the garage. And then eventually we had to just build a shop to house all of the tools. And so it kind of just escalated quite quickly. From... It really did. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. It's worth it. The products that have come out of that shop have been beautiful. I can vouch for the high quality of things that he's making in that shop. Absolutely beautiful shaving sets and, and other items too. He's really quite talented with the woodworking. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's kind of the, I guess, the genesis of the woodworking. Okay, well, let's swing back to why we are starting this podcast. Why would you think we're starting this podcast together? So if we're just, I guess, being completely transparent, and that's what we're going to be on this podcast. That's just probably completely transparent. Yeah. yeah, we just, we have lots of interesting conversations and even more so now that we're at home more frequently than we have been before given the current state of everything and the fact that we've been just at home pretty much constantly. I guess we've always had really interesting conversations about just a number of topics. And as we've had more and more of those conversations, we realize that we should be having them in the form of a podcast and formalizing some of our thoughts around them and getting them out there and just getting other people's thoughts as well. So having, you know, some of the discussion and, uh, you know, getting some feedback as well, having kind of a, a platform for discussing interesting topics and hopefully getting other discussion going as well, especially around important topics. So that was kind of where, you know, the initial thought came from. And some of those topics, as we've just been chatting over the last few weeks and months, include obviously things like the current state of the, you know, the coronavirus, how we've been handling it, uh, you know, where we're going with uh, things like that, the state of education, you know, how this has changed things for education, how hopefully it will change things going forward. I know Kelly has a lot of thoughts on that. Things not so serious, like does Bigfoot exist? I've got a lot of thoughts on that too. (laughs) (laughs) So does our son. He, uh, he's pretty convinced that that's a real possibility. And so maybe he's a guest on the show. I don't know. We were just having a really interesting conversation today about kind of the intertwining of everybody. um, I don't know a good way to describe it, but um, you could probably describe it better than I could. Oh, (laughs) just briefly. Yeah, I can't dive deep into our conversation because that was pretty, that was a deep conversation, but we were talking about uh, the consciousness and intelligence on a particle level and how everyone is connected 
uh, and a broad perspective through these particles. And we're all part of this world and universe in a very deep way and in a very meaningful way. And it's really interesting to look at the possibility of that consciousness being at a particle level. And there was an interesting article that I was just reading last night and discussing with Kyle today. So yeah, that's just an example of some things that we might dive into on this podcast is consciousness on a particle level. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, we've been doing uh, online e-commerce Etsy stores uh, for, for quite a while. So another thing to talk about is just how we've been doing it, where things are going, you know, Facebook just announced very, very recently, you know, Facebook shops, I think is what they're calling it. You know, so kind of the unification of their marketplace. marketplace. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, you know, we've been not utilizing necessarily, but we've been, I guess, somewhat utilizing as we've been doing some online selling very recently in some other regards. So a lot of interesting things to kind of talk about there. Uh, both in what we've been doing for some of our shops and what's coming up very soon. So uh, another cool topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely some interesting topics there. There's been an obvious shift in buying local. And part of that buying local is being able to see what people are selling locally. Facebook has been an excellent platform in that regard. And I think it will continue to expand. So yeah, that's an exciting topic. Um, One thing that I'm really excited about is uh, that we do have two different backgrounds and perspectives that we get to offer in these conversations. And that's part of what makes it so interesting. So while we dive into some of these random topics and some of these maybe historical topics and societal issues and problems and just kind of intrigues about society, even, you know, you're going to be getting two different perspectives coming together. And that makes it pretty interesting at least to us, and hopefully it will be to you. Yeah, that's right. My my professional background is much more heavy on the business side and strategy and all of those things. And then my my interest leans very, very heavily into the historical and philosophical, like I mentioned. And then obviously Kelly's background, which is coming up completely different, uh, and the unique perspective that she brings is just so fascinating to me. So that's where the conversations always tend to go and why they're so fun and interesting and why I think that this podcast is going to be just an absolute fun one to both do and hopefully listen to. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited. I should say y'all. You should. You you really should be saying y'all. I know I should. Often. I hope y'all are excited. This is going to be a really good podcast for y'all. There we go. Yeah, I'm going to work on that. I've been trying to bring it back. I don't know if you ever text people and say you guys, but that just doesn't look right. So in my texts, I've been bringing back y'all. And then I have to think about it. Do I want to add the apostrophe? That feels too formal. (laughs) And these are the types of thoughts that I end up devolving into a little bit into my mind there. (laughs) Yeah. The, and there's like different forms of y'all. There's like all y'all and y'all and y'all all and y'all all. Yeah. So like, and those are varying degrees of y'all. Yes. It it definitely can be kind of an exponential (laughs) growth in the (laughs) y'alls. If you were to graph it. (laughs) How do you graph it? Because y'all is just Mm -hmm. one or few. Sure. They would start with you. Right. And then immediately after that would be y'all and then y'all all and i think it would be all y'all after that okay 
That would be the progression, I believe. I don't know. Someone who has been in Texas even longer than me can confirm that and get back to you. I'll talk to my mom. <laughs> my mom can give me some expertise on that. There's no one more Texan than her. There you go. So if you want to address everybody in the universe, it would be all y'all. Yeah. It could be y'all all, though. Depends on the context. But yeah, all y'all is probably the most commonly used. Okay. But it's contextual, too. Yeah, it is contextual. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. And it would probably be regional as well. Oh, Ooh. this is why a deep dive is necessary. Yeah. Okay, look forward to that episode on y'all. <laughs> that might have, we might have to just split that one out from the Texas one, just depending on how deep it goes. I'm telling you, Texas is such an amazing place. I think that that might need to be multiple episodes. I mean, we can talk about language and we can talk about I this the things that I grew up doing. You'd probably find pretty dang interesting. Leave us with one. Leave us with one Leave fun with one, one before okay. before we end this episode. Here's something that probably most people don't do, but it's something that people in Southeast Texas like to do, and that is to catch frogs and fry up frog legs. They taste really good. Some people will say they taste like chicken. That's just something that Texans will tell you so that you'll try something weird. <laughs> they do taste really good. I don't think they taste like chicken. Chicken tastes like chicken. But... They're really good. Um, And part of the way that you catch these frogs, there's a couple of different methods. One of the ways that we used to do it, um, we would grow, well, sugarcane just grows down there. um, And we had quite a bit of it growing in our backyard. So we would take those cane poles and we'd add a fork to the end of it and it would become what is called a frog gig. And then you'd go out at night with a spotlight and your little aluminum boat out on a small area of the lake and you'd be shining for those eyes floating out there and then you'd slowly creep up on it and gig yourself a frog (laughs) (laughs) that's one method Uh, my dad also taught me how to fish for them so i i'm a proficient fisher of frogs so that's something that he used to brag about and had i think a photo of me catching a pretty big bullfrog out in our pond so, yeah, those are the types of things that you grow up doing in Southeast Texas uh, that are quite unique to the area. They're pretty fun, pretty interesting. Wow. There you go. I don't even know if you knew that. That you used to do that? No, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So much. So. This is what I'm saying. Interesting people are interesting. That's just it's true. It's going to be interesting no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. But Kyle is far more interesting than he gives himself credit for. He's quite modest. I'm sure you've noticed that he's downplayed himself multiple times here where he shouldn't. He is the driver of many interesting conversations and is a pretty deep thinker. I'm quite impressed with the way he can wrap his mind around things. And he's had quite a few interesting experiences as well that I hope we'll dive into. That's sweet. You're very sweet. And kind. No, I try. Yeah. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. Kinley has confirmed that. Our daughter McKinley likes to point out that I'm the best mom in the entire world, except when I'm not. Such as four-year-olds, right? Yes, precisely. Yeah. I'm sure many can relate. Yes. The joy. <laughs> the joy of kids. Well, that's a good episode. Yeah. I hope that it's been interesting for everybody. And we'll look forward to hopefully hearing from you your thoughts on maybe some interesting topics for us going forward and we've got a whole host of uh, topics coming up so we'll be looking forward to talking more and we'll see you again soon yep 
Thank you. Thanks again for listening. If you liked our show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can find out more on our website, thingstothinkon.co. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Larry Evans. You can also find Kelly on Twitter at S. Kelly Evans. See you next time.